Echo's Box Podcast is not meant to be or claiming to be a good place for therapeutic advice. The host is not a licensed therapist and is not offering any services or advice related to mental health in a professional manner. The content discussed on Echo's Box is commonly highly explicit due to the real nature of expressing honest emotions. While we don't mean to offend anyone, the reality is these discussions might be triggering to many people. Out of respect for all, please do not listen if this content isn't right for you, and forgive us if you have a poor experience. Keep your brain healthy. Hey, that was uh, me doing a little bit of singing right there. Uh, that song is called All My Monsters. It's once again by the band I'm in called Lost in the Mons. Uh, that one has a music video for it that's on YouTube, and our music is everywhere that music exists, Spotify, Alpha Music, etc. So go check it out if you like the the song in this episode and the song in the last episode. It's same same artist. Uh, this is Echo's Box. Welcome back. Uh, episode two here, we're going to be talking about uh, body dysmorphia, but we're going to start off in kind of a, a a connective way. I'm going to tie together the last episode into this episode because it, it there's a good narrative from my personal experience there, and, and that's kind of the, the whole point of this, right, is, is through these shared experiences, through my personal experience, just through being honest about what has happened and how I achieved the areas I achieved through my own process, I'm hoping there's some relatability there or maybe just some tools there that people can pull out uh, from what I learned. But uh, as far as the podcast goes, I don't exactly have a release schedule. Um, bi-weekly, I think, is my minimum. I don't think there's any reason I can't put out two, uh, an episode every two weeks or something like that. Uh, but this one's coming out uh, pretty early, and I, I kind of just want to... I want to put out episodes when I feel like putting it out. If I feel like sitting down recording and doing it, I'll do it. Uh, so some episodes may come out sooner in rapid succession. Some may come out later. I may miss a week here or there. I do this uh, out of just my free time. It's something that I, I want to try doing as a project to, to help people. So um, yeah, that's kind of where that's at. But let's dive right into things. So last week we left off talking about deserving support and how I got to the point where I felt like I finally deserved some support. And, um, while I'm still struggling with self-love, I do feel like I deserve relationships and friendships and partnerships and support through all of those. Um, but it's important to know that I didn't just start there. You don't just start dealing with your, your mental health issues and immediately go to, Oh, I need support. It's, it's a process for me. I, I did need immediate support, but not in a capacity that relates to any sort of relationship externally it was professional support and that's where I, I hopped into therapy right so I could not possibly have at least not easily uh, for sure I don't know where I would be otherwise uh, tackled my issues on my own entirely it would have been completely different I would be a completely different person today uh, if a person at all and my therapist was the first key in that and and what they do is give you the chance to vocalize your emotions and 
get your thoughts organized because you're you're going stir crazy especially like for me i was in isolation it's like i didn't know what what to do with myself i didn't know how to create positive experiences for myself when i didn't like myself um so i had to change that i had to learn how to take care of myself and um that that's kind of where i started so if you're not taking care of yourself already you can't expect others to support you and take care of you they can't do everything for you um people have their own issues and i I touched on this a little bit about how people with mental health issues still deserve love and support you still deserve relationships you still deserve support but uh you need to be healthy enough to receive it if you're not in a place where you can receive it and especially if you can't reciprocate it you're going to be a drain on on those people that are trying to support you and you don't want to do that um because then people will not want to support you anymore and uh so at first for the first like year i didn't even try to go meet people i didn't even try to uh talk it out with with any friends i didn't try to go make new friends or anything hell it was hard for me to to even go out and find things to do a a recurring conversation that would happen with my therapist would be uh what are some activities you can do that are positive that that you enjoy doing i would say oh well i can go to my favorite bar in this town or i can do this activity uh, or i can take my dogs to the park or i can try to go meet people here but especially during uh you know the lockdown and stuff like that it was it was hard for things to even be open so even though you may have been individually comfortable doing it in my case i was because i was i work from home and i don't talk to a whole lot of people anyway and i've got a healthy immune system so uh just i was going for it right like i needed to take care of my mental health above all else Uh, but there wasn't really anything for me to go do. So it was really, really difficult. And so I just had to sit at home and work on myself and be like, okay, well, I need to get to a place where I'm not like trauma dumping on people. I don't want to just be sitting here every time I'm freaking out talking about all of these crazy experiences that I've had that have led to the point where I feel the emotions that I currently feel and freak them out like that's that's not a good way to make friends (laughs) and that's not a good way to keep the friends you have either that's overwhelming um sometimes you do need to vocalize trauma and sometimes you do need to talk about it but uh tact is important um there there's still an aspect of proper social communication that is hard especially for those who struggle with mental illness it's not easy anything i'm describing here i'm being candid about it but i'm not saying it's easy i'm just saying this is you run into issues if you don't do things in this way and it doesn't mean you can't do them another way but it's harder it is harder um so for me i am a very social person uh i'm not really uh introverted um i am i'm a bit of an extrovert but i don't speak unless spoken to often uh, which is weird because i'm sitting here talking out loud doing a part podcast but uh context is key right like if i'm doing something i know i'm doing but i have no problem getting out meeting and talking to people i like i said i love people um so it was really difficult for that especially the first couple months because i didn't really want to make new friends i didn't want to partner i didn't want anything i wanted to to sit and sulk Uh, and part of part of me should have sat and sulk and and that's good that i did but at some point you have to stop at some point you have to stop and say okay I'm going to take care of myself and I'm going to get to a healthy place where other people can be involved in my life again. And that's what I did. So where I'm at now and how I got to the place of deserving support is I first had to get to a place where I could have 
relationships again that were healthy and like even my last relationship even though it ended it ended because they needed to work on themselves and uh they suffered from similar issues that i do uh so i was ready but they weren't and that's unfortunate but uh and they're still an amazing person and and i'm glad they they took that step for their own mental health but uh it illustrates my point perfectly is that if you're not ready uh, for that, you you can't pursue a romantic relationship. You can't pursue a friendship because you're gonna hurt people. Like I got hurt, it sucks. Um, but I'm at a point now where I am able to be healthy. Like I can I can go out and have fun and meet people. I may still deal with the problems I deal with where I have to disassociate or I feel numb. Like those are still like the depression doesn't go anywhere, right? But I'm not a burden on others in that. I can talk about it if I need to talk about it. I can. Uh, open up when it needs to be opened up, but I can also just make new friends. I don't have to like trauma dump on them immediately. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense to do that now. Granted, some of my new friends, uh, as soon as they became friends with me, uh, saw me drop the podcast and they, they supported it, which I'm very thankful for. Uh, but I'm sorry you had to learn about some of the things this way that that's, that's what happens when you put stuff online. Uh, but I promise I'm okay. This is not what I want to talk about all the time every day. Uh, I'm glad that, uh, those of you that do listen are supportive and I'm, I'm thankful. Uh, but I, I'm truly just being candid about these experiences. There's, there's no reason to really worry or hunker down. You know, that's the personal life stuff. We deal with that for friends. We're friends. We'll deal with that, that together. Um, but, uh, yeah, at least you, any of you know that what, what my mission is, right. I'm looking for support at this point in my life and that's where I'm at, but I didn't start there and I had to be healthy enough to be able to receive that. So I can't, I can't just go from a state of, complete and total self-annihilation to uh oh i need support because then you're expecting somebody to completely revive you like no no you are you they are them you're an individual uh and they're an individual they have to take care of themselves first and there is truth to the the you know take take care of yourself for that same kind of idiom I, I say there was some flaw with it with loving yourself uh but but what it means to me is be healthy enough to receive love uh be healthy enough healthy enough to receive support and not that you have to be completely healthy in your own right because like i said the mental illness stuff doesn't go away so i was explaining the unfairness of it but it's not just to clarify it's not uh it's not black and white there there are complexities to it um and you still have to be a healthy enough person to receive stuff otherwise if you just try to jump straight in you're gonna find that you're not gonna have a good time um but yeah so uh it it took a while for me to get to that point because one of the issues i do struggle with is uh known as body dysmorphia and this loves my depression this feeds on it like oh it's just the best fuel for the fire sometimes because I already don't like myself, right? And then when I look at myself in the mirror, I just see an, like an unattractive blob of mess, right? That, that's how I view myself. And it's different for everybody, but the general idea with body dysmorphia is you don't view yourself how you actually are. And especially when you're already depressed, you tend to view yourself way worse, not just a falseness, but you, you hate your features. You hate how you look, you hate what you're doing. So, uh, this really, this was a new thing for me. So the, the depression was, you know, decades, decades of unresolved, uh, issues that I should have addressed way earlier in my life had I known and, and whatever. 
but uh the body dysmorphia came specifically from uh the depression feeding on a relationship ending and feeding on this new landscape of dating and and having to go out into the world and be an individual so i at the end of uh that that right sorry at the beginning of the the first two-year period that that i recently went through i weighed about 225 pounds um i wasn't massively overweight i'm six feet tall um but it was it was overweight it was unhealthy i wasn't happy with my body it was a big sticking issue it was actually a sticking issue for quite a few years you know it wasn't like body dysmorphia was something that only happened after like i had a breakup i was dealing with it for for about maybe four years and and i tried to address it with my partner my partner was always very supportive always telling me how attractive they thought i was and and even as i were to gain weight or not do i would always express um complaints to them but they would tread carefully because you know they didn't want to hurt my feelings and they also wanted to be supportive and they also i truly legitimately believe found me attractive regardless um because we'd just been that way for so long uh, but I didn't care. I didn't like how I looked. I didn't like that I was gaining weight. I didn't like how my face looked. I didn't like my hair. I didn't like my body. I didn't like anything about myself. Um, and I, once I was on my own again, it was like, well, um, shit, at some point, once you're healthy enough, you do have to date. And if you don't think that you're attractive enough, how are you going to? How are you going to do that? Like, I, I remember back in, like, fucking, uh, like, middle school and shit, how hard it was for me to ask out girls. You know, this is a normal thing. Like, this is so funny to think about. Uh, but it's, like, it was so hard, but it's also, like, so easy. Uh, now I don't sweat it. Like, now even with my body dysmorphia, which, is, which I'll get to kind of where I'm at now, but now even with my body dysmorphia, I can, I can talk to anybody. I don't really care what you think of me or anything like that because um, you either find me attractive or you don't. Um, and that's the external thing. So that's something that's been healthy that I've been able to move along from, but I didn't start there. So where I started was, um, I stopped eating like completely. I, I developed an eating disorder that was fairly severe, like several weeks at a time without eating. Uh, if you ever heard like the, all, all the myths back in school of, Oh, you can only not eat or drink water for five to seven days. I guarantee you can do that for longer because if you have fat stored in your body, uh, you can go several months without eating, uh, and, and live and, uh, you'll feel like shit. You'll have no energy and you'll lose a lot of weight really quick. And that is not a healthy way to do that. Uh, but that's what happened to me is I lost like 40 pounds from not eating for like two months straight. Um, I was just sick to my stomach all the time. I didn't feel good. Uh, I couldn't handle the stress and the pain that I was dealing with. And I, tried to turn that around. I was working on that in therapy and I was like, Hey, I'm dealing with this and I don't know what I'm doing. And my therapist was like, okay, well you need to start by eating. Like you have to eat. Um, and then maybe try exercising in a way that is healthy for you in a way that you enjoy. Um, and it was hard cause at the time I had a gym membership, but, uh, I had transitioned jobs. And one of the only reasons I had a gym membership was cause work was paying for it and uh as part of like a benefit and i didn't really feel like paying out of pocket because i'd have to get up and drive there and so i took the initiative as part of a, a change in healing myself to actually start working out and so i changed my diet i changed uh my workout routine so i could work out from home and i bought just some basic equipment so i could do uh, body weight type workouts 
and I switched my diet to be mostly vegetarian. I'm not like a strict vegetarian, uh, but I do love the health benefits of it and it makes me feel better. It makes me feel overall more energized. So I tend to eat that way even to this day as, as much as I can. Um, but the doing that switch, I lost another 40 pounds and got, uh, and, and continued to lose weight from there. And I still struggle. Like I still, uh, the, the body dysmorphia especially doesn't go away. The eating disorder I've pretty much gotten under control, but it's, it's, it's hard. Some days I really just don't want to eat. Some days I, uh, just feel sick and I don't, I don't want to process things. Um, but it's what helped me resolve the eating disorder side of that was really planning my meals, not, not like counting calories and stuff like that, but focusing on portion control, focusing on what it is I'm putting in my body and planning it out. So that way I say, okay, I'm going to eat these three things today and have it on a list. And then I'm going to have this, this, and this, uh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, whatever it is, or only lunch and dinner or whatever my schedule for the day is. So that way I knew I was eating. I knew what I was eating. I knew I was going to like what I was eating and it was going to be good for me and healthy. Uh, and I did that for a long time and now I don't have to do that anymore. I still have that, that, uh, it's a big ass spreadsheet, uh, that has like the list of foods and stuff, uh, if I ever do need it. Um, but I don't rely on that now. Now I'm pretty content with, uh, just knowing what I'm eating and making a healthy choice to choose what I eat and having regular meals based on what that list was. And then every so often eating whatever I feel like eating. Um, but it's not always easy. Like I said, week to week is, is different. Some, some weeks I, I just feel like crap and, and, and the disorder kind of kicks up again. It's, it's not, uh, an easy thing, but it's managed. I don't need any help from anybody with it. I've got it. Um, I've got it completely under control. It's just tough sometimes. Um, the body dysmorphia on the other hand though, um, I worked out and I still work out. I work out every single day. Um, I'm not like shredded. Uh, I've got good muscle definitions. Like you can, you can see my abs a little bit. I've got good toned biceps and stuff like that. Like if I look at my body objectively, I'm not a bad looking dude. I'm a little skinny. Uh, at this point I'm like between 135 and 140 uh, just depends on the week and, and what I've eaten. Um, so it's a little underweight for my height, but, uh, because I work out a lot of that's just muscle. Um, so again, I'm not shredded. I'm, I don't, think anything like that but uh, in fact i think very much the opposite of myself but if i try really hard you see how hard this is for me if i try really really hard to look at myself objectively i have a healthy body and um overall i am i am content with where it is at in a logical sense in an emotional sense i look at myself and i feel like a piece of fucking shit and it, it i don't get it it's not rational and it hurts my brain every single day and when it came to like making new friends and especially dating, but may, even just making new friends, I want people to like, when they see me, they, they like me like that. I don't necessarily mean they think like I'm hot shit or anything. Uh, but it, I, I would, you know, I don't want them to look at me and discuss. Like I want to seem like a well-groomed, well-kept person that people want to be around. I don't know. Maybe that's superficial of me, but, um, it's important to me to some extent, like not, uh, not like overly important, but I, I want to, uh, that's often your first impression, right? I think that's what I'm getting at is like, for me, like, uh, here's a little secret. Uh, my dating standards are extremely low. All I have to do is like your face and you'd be nice to me. Uh, so, uh, the, the, like your face part though, is, it, it goes 
best back to basic of uh, just attraction. Like if you look at somebody, do you like looking at them? It's not how hot they are or whatever. Uh, it's just, do they, are they pleasant to look at? Um, and it's a visual thing and it's unique to everybody. It's completely subjective. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to some people, uh, the way it does to others. Cause it's different for everybody. Um, there is this kind of community standard of what general beauty is, but that doesn't really matter in the context of what you think it is. And, um, yeah, so the, my standards are that. It's very simple. It's just, do I like your face and are you nice to me? So I, I uphold myself to the same standard where I want people to like my face and I want to be nice to people, right? So, so you, you, get, you get what you give. Um, the problem is I hate my face. Uh, I hate my face. I hate my body and I hate everything about uh, how I'm set up and it's frustrating. But it's funny because... Uh, I have changed so much that it is noticeable, like just drastic. Like when I came out of isolation and started doing stuff again, I went to a friend's wedding and I, I had a sleeve of tattoos. I, like I'm covered in tattoos now. Um, I dyed my hair like silverish white. Uh, now it's white. And uh, I went to this wedding and they're like, damn, that's, that's Neo Tokyo, Casey. What happened to old Casey? And like, oh shit. <laughs> and then I had another friend that was like, all right, now seriously, where'd they clone you from like high school and revamp you and, and what they do with the old Casey? Like I've had several friends and acquaintances come up to me and say shit like that. Um, which means the difference from the internal that I had and all that internal pain and wanting to make a change has fully reflected now on the outside. I have killed that old person. The old Casey doesn't exist anymore. Any past revision of me doesn't exist. It's like I've lived multiple lives in one lifetime if I'm going to be like super weird about it. Uh, but that is how it feels. Like I don't feel like the same person anymore and I'm not the same person anymore. And that's really hard for people to uh, come to terms with because you want to, like I, I discussed in the last episode, you get to decide who you are. And that's the fun thing about life. And I've actually had some relief in getting to change who I am. I've gotten to be a nicer, happier, healthier person. Uh, despite my own problems. Uh, I've gotten to change how I look to be and fit more in line with the aesthetic that I want, even if I look at myself and I'm not completely content with it. You know, it's it's the steps. It's the steps taking to make the changes that are reflective. And when other people notice those things, you know that something has occurred. And that's the only thing that kind of keeps my brain uh, fighting back at those negative thoughts is everybody else sees it why aren't you acknowledging it the same way? And so I challenge myself and sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. It's, it's complex. But, uh, at the end of the day, the, the, yeah, I'm not the same person. I did kill old Casey. He's not like literally dead in a, a factory somewhere and I'm not some, some weird futuristic clone. Sorry. Uh, all those friends who made that joke. Um, but I, I am a new person I, in it's, it's frustrating because, friends expect you to be who they thought you were and so a lot of my friends were not really as close anymore and some of them were for some some pretty simple reasons but uh some of it is because uh they were close to who i was and they have no idea really who i am now they they there's some things about me that are still the same like i still have the same skill sets on things i have new skill sets and other things i still have some similar opinions on some things but for the most part my entire spirituality changed. My entire perception of the way I view life changed. The my my perception on how 
Uh, I want to live life has changed and my attitude about different things has changed. I don't agree with almost anything that I used to agree with. Um, and th- I think that's a good thing. I, I much prefer who I am now to who I was, even though I still don't like me. And that's an emotional thing, but it's reflected also through the body dysmorphia. And that's why I say they kind of feed on each other. So that when I look at myself physically and look at myself internally uh, and I don't like something, that they just agree with each other and they like it's like a bullish session and they just hop on me and it's like hey you piece of trash you look like trash you feel like trash you are trash you're a terrible human being and um and it's hard to fight back uh and that leads me kind of into uh relationships and so like like i said i've been able to get back out there and date and and make new friends and do stuff like that and at this point i I do want a partner, but I am far more interested in creating new friends that are more permanent and new support structures that are more permanent because I love everybody. And like I said, my standards are, do I like your face and are you nice to me? So as I'm making friends, uh, and I also have the benefit of, uh, being pansexual. So I don't really care what your, your bits are. Like as long as, uh, as long as I like you, I like you, we can pursue a romantic relationship if that's of interest. But, uh, the romantic stuff's not not as important to me now um and it, it kind of wasn't before even when i was dating around but it's just that i was trying to go in with the intent like if you're especially if you're using all these shitty dating apps it's like you go in with the intent and it's like oh well these people either want to hook up or they they actually want to romantic some some aspect of romance to go along with this so that's what i'm going to pursue and try because i'm open to it i do want that um even if it's not the most important thing to me right now and so i I've transitioned from that a little bit since my last relationship. Uh, so that way I focus on building a support structure, uh, because I can fall in love with any friend that, that wants to, if that's right, if we want to pursue a romantic relationship, that's fantastic. Uh, but that is not the most important thing. I would much rather have a strong support group. So when I do pursue a romantic relationship with anybody, I've got some people that have my back because that's one of the unfortunate things, even with the, the short-term relationship that, that ended recently, uh, it's been unfortunate as I'm back on my own. I, I didn't have somebody to fall back on. Like the, the friends that I do have, uh, like I said, they're busy. They have their, sh- their shit. They have their own lives. They have to take care of their stuff first. And I totally understand that. And I don't, I don't feel any contentment or resentment. Sorry. I don't feel any resentment towards them, uh, for any of that. It's, it's fine. Uh, but I still am in a reality where I have to support myself and it, and it's hard. Um, and so that's what I'm trying to fix. That's what I'm trying to kind of go from, uh, this place of a lack of support to support. And, and when it comes to the body dysmorphia, it's hard to want to put yourself out there because you look at the mirror and you say, Hey, um, you, you look like shit. Why would anybody like you? And, uh, it, it really discourages you from, from doing stuff. It discourages you from posting cool pictures of yourself it it discourages you from uh setting up a dating profile it discourages you from uh taking pictures like at all and it's very hard and one of the exercises i do now to help combat that is i've learned how to take good pictures of myself like uh i don't necessarily mean pictures that i like but i mean pictures that because that's part of the (laughs) the problem is i don't like anything but uh at least pictures that are objectively good shots right so like there's a a cool technique that you can do it's very simple this is the easiest thing in the world um 
buy yourself one of those little iPhone tripods or whatever, whatever your front phone you have, uh, and set it to the highest resolution recording mode. If it supports 4K, do 4K, uh, 1080p is fine, whatever. Um, and stage your shot. Put it in the camera's recording mode. Stage your shot. Figure out where you're going to be. And then just hit record. And then in front of the camera, try several different poses. And uh, see how it frames up. Go check it. If it looks good how you want it to look, then uh, do it again. And, and keep taking a bunch of different poses and just record the whole time. And then what you'll do is you'll go back to the video and you'll actually screenshot and crop out the stills from the video that you like. And then you can take really good candids of yourself that, that come out great. Um, and so even though I may not like how I look, I can still post a picture that is just a good picture. It's not an awkward selfie. It's not, it's, it's a life shot, right? It's, it's a shot of life where people get to experience that from you. And, and with social media and stuff, it's kind of weird, but honestly, that, that is how people connect online. Like they need to see some aspect of you in your life to know that you're a real person and you do things. Um, that's, what's always funny. Like if you go to any of these stupid dating advice things or, or whatever, like just, just go to Reddit and look up like Tinder stuff. And like rule number one is like be hot. And the other rule is to have like good photos or whatever. I don't really know. I don't pay too much attention to that stuff, but there is some validity to the, the photos. Cause if you just have shitty photos, uh, you could be an extremely attractive human being, but, uh, if you don't present yourself well, it's going to be hard for others to find you attractive. And so that's just one thing I've done that I do for my mental health now is I'll try every so often to go take those pictures. Even though I don't like maybe how my body looks, uh, I'll try it. And I'll try to even like, you know, do something semi-provocative, have like a shirt off or something in a picture or whatever. And if I like it enough to post it, then I do. And that's good for my confidence and my self-esteem. It's rare that I do though. Cause normally I look at that and I cringe and I'm like, ugh. No, I don't like that because I'm not that kind of person either. Like I'm purely doing this for the exercise because I know I'm struggling with this issue and I want to prove to myself, hey, it's not that bad. Like people have been complimentary of you and all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, that that's kind of where that ends up. And when it comes to like relationships and stuff, it does make it harder for me, uh, be it a friendship or anything like that, because I... I don't buy into love languages too much, but there is a lot of validity to it. And I've discovered for myself that if I were to assign myself any love languages, they would be words of affirmation and physical touch. And the words of affirmation is probably even more important because the physical touch is just to back up the words of affirmation. Um, so because I look at myself and I don't find myself attractive, I will uh, just go and and like basically berate myself like not intentionally it's not what I like to do I don't really uh want want to be like that to me and so when somebody compliments me it like puts me over the moon they could just say the the simplest thing uh, about a physical feature or even about an emotional quality um the problem is as a guy I don't really get a lot of physical compliments I mostly get emotional compliments and I like both both are valid and I need both but, um, or I would like both and needs a strong word. Um, but the, the reality is I don't see it's imbalanced, I guess is what I'm getting at. That's why there's, there's such a strength to what I'm presenting here is cause there's not a balance. Uh, whereas like I know when I compliment anybody, I don't care if it's a, it's a male, female, whoever, 
I I compliment them for what I mean to compliment them on. <laughs> if they're a beautiful human being, they're a beautiful human being, and or inside or out. I don't care what trait I'm complimenting. Uh, I do that, but I don't personally receive a lot of the others, and it, and that kind of feeds the dysmorphia because I may be uh, an objectively attractive person, and that's okay. Uh, but I can't acknowledge that because I don't really hear that very often, uh, if at all. And uh, it's it's just weird. And I don't even know if it's important, but for some reason, my brain feeds on it. To, to me, if I think about it rationally, it's not really that important because if somebody likes you, they like you. It doesn't matter how you look. Um, but because I don't like me, <laughs> I guess that's where the problem comes in, right? Um it's just it's just very complicated because it's superficial but it's not it's not at all because it's it just sounds like that because we're talking about physical appearance and compliments but um it it goes so much deeper to an emotional level of how i personally treat myself and uh the the words of affirmation mean a lot to me whether it's a, with a partner or just in friends to to receive those words that are affirming and complimentary of who I am and what they think of me. It doesn't even have to be compliments, right? Just just being affirming in what we stand for in whatever relationship it is that we're cultivating. Um, and then physical touch comes in after because if you were to tell me I'm cute and then give me a hug, I'd be over the moon, right? <laughs> um, I, I don't care if you're my friend or you're my partner. or you're, It's a little weird if you're a random stranger on the street, but I'd still be flattered, right? It's just not something I hear, hear very often. Um, it's it's tough because the danger there that I am very acutely aware of is relying on that. Cause it goes back to what I was talking about with relying on how other people see you because the issue here isn't that I need more compliments. It's not that I need more words of affirmation. Those are just me identifying aspects of things that I would like more of in my life. Uh, but that's not, that's not what, what's needed. What's needed is a change in perspective on how I view myself and I'm, I'm very, very aware of that. I'm very cognizant of that. And that kind of goes back to where we started with all this of being healthy enough to where you are not a burden when seeking your support. You just need legitimate support. Like, I don't need people to help me identify these issues or tell me what's wrong and what's right. I know. I've got it. Uh, what I need is a little bit of support to get through it so I can recover and heal. Um, and that's just kind of where I'm at personally, right? So the whole deal with, with body dysmorphia in, in an eating disorder is is complex. And my story is not going to be the same as other people. Some other people really do strive on their physical appearance a lot harder. And it's it's gets really sad and gets really difficult. Um, and some people struggle a lot harder with the eating disorder side of it. And some people don't have one, but have the other. Like some people have an eating disorder, but not body dysmorphia. And some people have body dysmorphia, but not eating disorder. It's just often that you'll have the, the combo because it's, if it's regarding physical appearance, they're kind of associated, right? So, um, yeah, it's, it's not fun and it's hard. And I, I don't agree with myself, <laughs> And I, um, and I wish I could logic my way out of this one. Cause I hope I've demonstrated pretty clearly that I know what, what my, what my deal is. Um, and I, and I don't think it's that important to my entire life, but it still eats at me. It feeds into my depression. It fuels the fire and that's how they're related. Um, it's, it's another symptom and it's, it's unfortunate, but, uh, I am fortunate enough to at least be able to recognize it and be able to cope with it uh, very, very reasonably. Like I said, I don't have any problems going and talking to people. Like I talk to, to 
people all the time. I've I've scored plenty of dates over the last couple couple years and months, and I've I've uh, made plenty of friends. Like I don't have a problem with any of that. I'm a social person. Uh, I just don't feel good about myself on the inside. Is all externally, I do I do pretty well. I, I think I'm a, maybe even above average uh, for how I socialize. Um, but and that that just comes as a result of me being very high functioning. But at the end of the day. Uh, when I come home and sit down and look in the mirror, it's still the same droning feeling with when it comes to the body dysmorphia of, yeah, you went and you maybe, I don't know, you made out with this hot person or maybe you went and uh, made all these cool new friends or maybe you met this person at, at this place and they really liked you and you hit things off or whatever, whatever it was. Uh, maybe those events happen, but you come home and you're like, why? Well, why me? Why did they pick me? Is it, is it my personality? Well, depression says no. Is it is it my appearance? Well, body dysmorphia says no. And it's it's just really difficult to articulate to yourself and justify to yourself rather than enjoying it. And that that's kind of where I'm at in life is I want to personally be able to finally enjoy life again because uh, I do know what that feels like. I'm fortunate enough to not have always been depressed. I've just been depressed for well over a decade. Uh, but I remember being happy as a child and I even remember being happy in moments where I was distracted as an adult. And that's not the kind of happiness I want. I don't want distracted happiness, but at least I know what that is. And I do know what those things feel like. Um, because life, life is what you make it. Life has meaning and it doesn't matter what you believe, uh, that meaning to be, it exists. Even if the earth is nothing but, uh, a cosmic happenstance that that came out of nowhere and there's nothing else no other purpose you you get to create your purpose that that is the purpose the meaning of life is is what what do you what the hell do you want to do with it you got one life go go and do with it and and some people are like oh well you get lost in the purposelessness if you believe the the more nihilistic manner of it and uh dive down there oh but you're free to free to do that i mean that's not necessarily a uh, positive outlook, but it is, it's a valid one. It's not necessarily incorrect. Uh, but I would argue that it's more positive to make life of it what you will. And, uh, for me personally, seeking out what my true will is, uh, and also wanting to enjoy life, uh, give me the need and the wants because I, I will fulfill what it is that I believe I should be doing here as I exist as a human being, but I also acknowledge that, Hey, I'm a human being and I kind of would like to enjoy what it is I'm doing, even if it's what I need to be doing. Like it sucks to just do what you need to do and survive and, and not enjoy life. And so I really want to encourage everyone out there to really, really try to create a meaning out of their life to enjoy life. Cause that's what I'm doing. Like it's hard for me because of the mental health stuff. And, and if anybody else is out there struggling with, similar issues or, or even issues that just cause uh, relatable feelings here. Like even it's a completely different mental issue. Um, if, if you can relate on any level, I, I just want to encourage you that there is certainly meaning because it's what you make it. And for me, uh, that meaning is to just simply enjoy what it is that I do. Um, and right now I don't enjoy it fully. And so that's, that's the next thing I want to figure out and get sorted. But it's all about, you know, taking steps to take care of yourself and be healthy first and then figuring out what you need from there. So whether your next step is support, whether your next step is um, taking care of yourself, whether your next step is figuring out uh, 
diet and exercise or, or events to go to or figuring out how you would like to live your life or what you want to do, uh, you have to start working on those things first. You have to really look inward and identify what do you need right now and move forward with it because that's the only way to, to heal and keep growing. So uh, that's all I've got for this episode. Um, I hope it's beneficial. I hope it helps everyone. Um, if not, I hope it was at least mildly entertaining and not, not too sad. Um, I always, I'm always scared that, that these things are sad, even though I speak so, so mildly and I, and I laugh a lot while I'm talking about it. Um, I do that just because I, uh, I got a dark sense of humor. I'm gonna be honest. Uh, but I digress. Thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, I'll catch you at the next episode. Uh, have a good one.